Hi, and welcome to episode 5 of Rambling About Greek Mythology, a lax podcast where I just talk about a lot of Greek mythology. So today, we'll be talking about the Titanomachy. The Titanomachy is the name for the grand battle between the Titans and the gods, the gods being the six Olympians that we've talked about already. So this battle, in a nutshell, is the first test for the gods. Um, It's really testing whether or not they deserve to be these supreme rulers, although the Titans view it more as a fight to save their lives and uh, their race. So yeah, we'll we'll do this episode by starting with a build-up as to what causes this whole thing, then we'll talk about what actually happens, and then what comes out of it. So let's just dive right in. So what led to this battle, right? This is the first thing we need to consider. And we have this titan named Cronus. Um, He married Rhea and had the six Olympians. So Cronus decided it was completely normal to swallow all of his kids. For your information, that is not normal. Um, The only reason he did that is because Gaia warned him that a child will overthrow him. So he's like, oh, let me just swallow all my kids. Nothing will happen then. But seemingly... If they are immortal, wouldn't they just expand in him and blow him up? Blow him up? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the logic was. But he does that. So, who are his kids? We'll just go over them really briefly. We have Hestia, Demeter, Hera, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. In that order is oldest to youngest. Um, Homer sometimes says Zeus is the oldest. But general convention says... Uh, This order I've just given you with Hestia being the oldest and Zeus the youngest is generally the way to go. So, as per usual, there are various versions as to what happened. Uh, So, let's talk about who he may have swallowed or may not have swallowed. So, Hera. Hera's case specifically is unclear whether it's pre- or post-swallow, or whether it's actually just during the Titanomachy. That last option seems weird, because then, did she just not fight? Was it just the brothers? I don't know. So, in her case, Rhea is said to have sent Hera to Tethys, the wife of Oceanus and mother of Oceanus, to be reared, as apparently Tethys is just like an A-plus mom. Um, Hera, there's like a fun little story where she's said to have actually just tried like reconciling them during arguments, which seems pretty funny that like, you know, some kids are taking care of. It's like, no, stop. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, again, there is a possibility that this occurred during the Titanomachy, but, like, that seems odd that it was just, like, a 3v12 then during, like, the um, Titanomachy. Like, that just seems weird. But, yeah. Anyways, that's just a possible version. Now we move on to Poseidon. So, Poseidon, um, this is seemingly a Rhodian version specifically. So he is sometimes said to have been given to the Telkines. Um, they're these Rhodian sorcerers who were the sons of Thalata. Her name just means the sea, so probably just some embodiment. And the first Rhodian inhabit- inhabitants. They are sometimes said to have been the nurses of Poseidon alongside the Oceanid Kephaira. That's like the more information stuff you should pick up on there. And the Telkines are actually really cool. So we're just going to talk about them right now because... We probably will not get to again. We may for a brief moment in a few episodes, but as of the current state of things, not so. 
So they had a sister named Talia who bore seven children to Poseidon, including Rhode, uh, eponymous of Rhodes. They were said to be able to bring rain, hail, or snow by sorcery. They're apparently also shapeshifters, which I guess if they're like children of the sea, that's not too surprising. They invented the art of statue making of gods. Um, they're said to have actually survived the flood of Deucalion, which we will talk about later. But uh, for like a brief excerpt on that, it's just like when the gods decided they need to wipe out the mortal world. And uh, yeah, the Telkins defined that it was going to happen and save themselves. Eventually, though, they get drowned by Zeus. <laughs> because uh, they apparently caused way too much havoc um, with this gift of the evil eye that they had. And in the case that Poseidon was not handed to uh, Cronus, they, it was said that a goat was given in his place, and I guess the logic was is that Cronus has been the father of Chiron, so for him it's like, oh, okay, I mean, like, it's a goat, and just, like, swallowed it. So yeah, then finally, we have Zeus, so Zeus is like the standard story. Um, he always is said not to have been swallowed. There's not a version I can think of where it says otherwise. And so Rhea had pretty much just decided that I'm not going to let my last kid get swallowed. I've already watched five others get swallowed. Or four, you know, depending on the versions. And she gave Cronus a stone and a swaddling cloth, and he just swallowed it. Like, I guess he didn't process that, like, huh, that's kind of weird that I just gave birth to a stone um I, I don't know what the logic was either way he eventually picked up he was a nimrod and tried finding this sixth kid but just to no avail um so zeus was raised in a cave on mount dicti in crete there he was nursed by a couple of folks that we'll talk about so the first two are ida and Drastea. they're the daughters of Meliseus, and they fed him on ambrosia the food of the gods and nectar the drink of the gods as well as the milk of the goat of Amalthea. She's, yeah, she's just a goat. And so for her service, Amalthea eventually was put into the sky as the constellation Capricornus. Um, but not before that, Zeus decided to break off a horn of hers. I don't understand how that's not painful. Maybe she was dead. I, I don't know. That sounds very painful. And uh, gave it to Ida and Adraste as a gift for their nursing. This horn is rather important because... It is the cornucopia. So this is like the famed horn that can produce like an abundance of like f uh, food, like fruits and vegetables and all that jazz. So yeah. Um, moving on to drown out Zeus's cries. The curates, they're these inhabitants of like Mount Ida on Crete, would bang their drums, armor, and cymbals um, together just to generate a ton of noise, right? So they like mask Zeus's wailing and Cronus just was like, okay, maybe it's just some people being, you know, really religious and just really enthusiastic and fanatic and not anything related to hiding someone by any chance. Because, I mean, that is kind of weird. They were already known for being rather boisterous, so not a bad assumption on Cronus's part. Uh, when he, So when Zeus grew of age, he met with the Oceanid Metis, the embodiment of wisdom, and got her to craft an emetic. So what an emetic is, um, is it is like something that causes you to throw up. So it's derived from like the Proto-Indo-European like weme and the Greek like emain uh, to literally vomit. So the whole idea is, is it caused Cronus to regurgitate all the swallowed children and the stone. I don't think in any version the goat comes out 
in one piece. So yeah, um, the crafting of this emetic and getting Cronus to consume it and not with all that trick trickery um, has sometimes been attributed to Gaia or Thetis. So kind of up for grabs. Usually Metis is the way to go though. Um, that's just the more standard story, but there are other versions as always. So finally, Cronus regurgitated all the kids. I That just must be quite a nasty like scene <laughs> and um he also regurgitated that stone right so that stone's name is omphalos uh the omphalos was put at the steps of the delphic oracle and it's known as the navel of the world what that means is, is like if you had two eagles set from opposite ends of the world because remember they thought this was a flat earth uh like a disc that the eagles would meet at this point and that point being omphalos so yeah that is pretty much everything in terms of building up. So now, let's do a Homeric rendition of who's on whose side. So Zeus got a gathering on Mount Olympus in Thessaly. No idea where Thessaly or Mount Olympus is. I mean, like it's in Greece, obviously, but I have no idea beyond that. Um, and stated anyone who was to help him and his brothers would be untouched in their like niche or niche. Like, they're like where they sit as like a god. So the first person to respond was Styx, um, a famous river in the underworld and oceanid that we've talked about on multiple occasions now. She also promised the help of her four kids, Bia, Kratos, Zealous, and Nike. Not too surprising if you think about it. I mean, like, Bia is, like, violence, Kratos, strength, Zealous, like, that emulation and Nike victory. It's like, you know, these concepts were promised to Zeus. Seems to foreshadow a lot of things to occur. And it's interesting, though, that Styx volunteered so readily because she's the wife of a child of a titan and also a child of two titans herself but she still sided with the gods and so this quick response is why the gods and mortals swear by her name so that's why like swearing by the sticks is such a big deal so every titan sided with Cronus except oceanus and tethys um, beyond them in second generation titans two out of the four children of iapetus and clymene slash asia Minoitius and Atlas sided with Cronus, and the other two, Epimetheus and Prometheus, sided with Zeus. So, like, Epimetheus and Prometheus sided with Zeus. They are pretty much the only Titans that did that, though. Like, Oceanus and Tethys just kind of didn't side in the fight as, like, a whole. So, yeah. So, with that very great Homeric listing that I've done for y'all, let's detail this great battle. There's actually not too much to detail. So, Zeus and company established their base on the... Op base of operations on Mount Olympus. Cronus and company established their base of operations on Mount Othrys. Um, it is seemingly a whole range of mountains, but usually like Mount Othrys is said to be their main base, and it's about 50 miles south of Mount Olympus, so they're like not terribly far apart. So they fought for 10 whole years. Um, in perspective, that's seemingly how a lot of battles seem to go. 10 years is just the number so that isn't too surprising, like the Trojan War, 10 years, Odysseus' return post-Troy, 10 years. So like, yeah, 10 years is a pretty standard number to choose. And with it being a stalemate, as classic, always the 10th year is where the solution comes, Zeus goes to Gaia and is like, what do I do? And Gaia, wise as ever, told him to enlist the help of the Cyclopes and Hecatonchi race, the two groups of three we've talked about earlier. Brontes, Steropes, and Arges, and then Cottus, Briarius, and Gaius. So Zeus decided to follow the wisdom, and he carried it out himself, actually. So somehow, without being caught, he just descended to Tartarus, lower realm Tartarus, 
and just slew Kampe, the like dragon defending uh, or like guarding them, and then brought them to the surface where they apparently were just enough to push over the gods to getting to a victory, which I think just must feel amazing after how poorly they've been treated. You know, like their dad's like, I hate you, y'all are ugly, you. And then Cronus is like, oh, I got you guys, nah, just kidding, you. And just throws them back in, you know, like that must feel terrible. So, like, this is a W for them. And it's also said, actually, because of how intense this battle was, due to all the lightning bolts and all the heat that the Cyclopes brought, uh, Chaos actually, like, stirred. Like, Chaos was legitimately bothered by just how warm it got. And so was Oceanus. Like, his his waters were boiling. And they're usually said to be frigid. So these, this is, like, a big deal to think about, like, how massive the scale of battle must be. And from then... Uh, Zeus threw all the Titans into Tartarus and put some brass casing slash wall around them, which Poseidon provided, and he set the Hecatonchires as their eternal jailers. Um, Minoiteus, that poor fool, was thrown alongside his parents, and Atlas shrugged. Sorry, I, I, I had to do that. So he was actually also, he was forced, instead of going to Tartarus, uh, to hold up both the heavens and the earth, or just the heavens, uh, depending on your version. The latter seems way more likely, though, because Heracles, in his 11th labor, where he goes to the Garden of Hesperides and Atlas helps him get the apples, there's no way Heracles is holding the earth. Like, he's on earth. How could he be holding the earth, you know? So he had to hold the heavens, most likely, while Atlas went and got the apples. So, yeah, that is pretty much everything. Um, this, this, This battle... What it means is just the first step of Zeus and like the gods cementing their power as the deities and the like top dogs. And it makes sense um, if you think about like Zeus's like name origin, this whole idea of being like the father of like humanity, just like the father figure in a religion. Like I think Zeus goes to like Dios or something. It goes back to like the meaning of like like, like the all father type deal. So not too surprising that myth is going out this way. But yeah, this is only their first test. They still have their trial with Typhon, um, which will be next episode, and then the Giants. And then uh they have like little trials here and there, but this that's these are pretty much like the few steps they have to take to fight it out and really show that they are the supreme beings of the realm and everything goes by their rule. So yeah, that is pretty much everything for this episode. I hope, as always, it was fun, enjoyable, and educational. I hope you learned a lot, and I don't sound awful. Um, As always, my email is in the description if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns, or complaints. Otherwise, I'll see you on next episode when we talk about Typhon and his battle with the gods. Other than that, take care.